Do you ever feel like every time you get on social media, all you end up doing is comparing yourself to the picture-perfect model performing the seemingly effortless 30-minute total hit body workout? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Sideline Talk, a podcast devoted to exploring the impact social media has on female athletes, while shedding light on the misrepresentation these women face. I'm your host, Pilar Lewis, a former Division I athlete looking to bridge the gap between social media and proper representation of female athletes. If you made it this far, then keep listening. It's game time. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Sideline Talk for Episode 4. I'm here with Kelly Tilly, a licensed professional clinical counselor with over 20 years of experience in providing clinical services. She currently works at Kent State University with the athletic department as the athletic embedded mental health provider. So she's working with female athletes daily. And from here, Dr. Tilly, I'm going to let you give some background as to who you are and what you do. I've been in the field for 22 years. I've done any number of things in terms of my career. I've worked in private practice. I've worked the Ohio Department of Mental Health in schools and with other universities. And so I guess the thing that led me into working with student athletes is where my focus should go at this point. For seven years, I competed in Olympic lifting. And because I, where I did that, I was able to I wouldn't say work with as if I was working with them per se, but I was able to interact with a lot of NFL athletes and just having conversations with them in terms of barriers to performance and things like that. And and a lot of them obviously talked about that mental piece. So that's where my interest kind of started to grow. I did work with student athletes even prior to that at at another university and then just in private practice, right? So people come in, they're um, high school athletes college athletes and they're struggling with different things. And so I definitely have experience that goes back even further than that. And so then, you know, I saw this ad at Kent State for uh, an embedded clinician in um, athletics and I was super stoked. So as I'm moving forward, there is a certification through the Association of Applied Sports Psychology that I currently, I have a class I have to take, the mentoring hours to gain that certification. So I'm hoping to have that by the end of next year. Just as another kind of additive to what I have already. Right. That's awesome. Olympic lifting. I did not know that. Wow. Well, fact. Um, well, great. <laughs> fun fact. Yeah, fun fact. So the overall purpose of this episode is to explore and understand the relationship between social media and female athletes from the point of view of a therapist who works with athletes daily. So I'm hoping that by uncovering how social media may affect female athletes' mental health, then we kind of have a better idea of how social media truly impacts female athletes and and how that develops. So I just want to hear your perspective and your opinions, because like I said, you are working with these athletes every day and they are immersed in social media. So kind of just looking at that intersection and seeing how it may impact their mental health, their performance, and just their overall self-esteem. So if you want to just explain your role as a therapist who works in sports, just to get a basic understanding before we do a deep dive, that would be great. Here at Kent State, I am an embedded clinician. So that means I primarily work with student athletes. And so Mm -hmm. in doing that, I am located in athletics three days a week. I do, you know, regular old mental health counseling, we'll say, right? So just Mm -hmm. people who have mental health issues that are student athletes, I do see them for those mental health purposes. And I guess that's kind of nice with my role is I'm not just a mental performance coach. I Mm -hmm. also have that ability to provide that clinical aspect too. In addition to that, I do obviously do some performance skills stuff with individuals. I do presentations for each of the sports teams. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to do them once semester, but as we know, the sporting teams can get kind of really busy and chaotic. So sometimes yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, I'm having to wait until after their seasons are over and things like mm-hmm. that. And then the other piece that we started up this past school year is also trying to get some of our mental health content into the athletics social media, so like okay. on their story, getting them to share on their stories or on their pages. So that's right. been a shift for what I've been trying to do. Too. Gotcha. Cool. So what experience do you have working with athletes when you're on a, from a day-to-day basis? What does that look like? I'd say primarily it's individual sessions, you know, whether, again, dealing with mental health issues, but then inevitably being student athletes, there's so many layers to a student athlete because they have those pressures and stresses from their actual sport, right? That can be tied okay. to their peers. It can be tied to their coaches, down to the academic side, down to right. friends and family, then down to just their own, like I said, just having a chemical imbalance in their brain, right? So I'd say I spend 80% of my time probably focusing on working through the mental health specific stuff, but it does pertain to all those other areas because how could it not? Right. You know, if you're struggling exactly. with your yeah mental illness, you inevitably it's going to permeate into all those areas. So, and then, like I said, I do some people I literally do see some days just for performance skills. Like they have a upcoming competition or meet or whatever else. And they're kind of wanting some different ways to kind of manage their, that stressors, those performance, that sports performance, anxiety stuff that they're experiencing. Gotcha. As we're having this conversation, actually next week, I was just going to bring this up because I thought this is an interesting thing. We're doing the coaches leadership. So myself, yeah, and another therapist are going to be coming in and talking to the coaches about things to look for and ways to kind of talk to student athletes, because I think that's a big barrier for a lot of student athletes is not being able to have that open communication with their coaches. For sure. I think that's awesome. And going back to when you're talking about these pressures and stressors that these student athletes are facing, and there's so many layers, bringing that aspect of social media into that and us being in a digital age, do you think that social media has become one of those pressures within those layers that you're talking about? I think it is, but I don't even think people are aware that it is. And I think that's maybe the problem. I don't really know. Because I've had a couple of people come in and, and identify that as being a stressor, but I would say most people don't. But then when you get to talking to them, there's that social comparison piece here at Kent now, or the NCAA, I should say, they have the NIL ability. You guys have, Mm -hmm. or the student athletes have the ability to have those NIL deals. And so that's become, right, your presence on social media is Mm -hmm. a big piece of that. So I think some student athletes are identifying that, but I would say it's very small. I would say it's actually something probably going on in the background that they're not, because it's become so much a part of your day-to-day lives that I don't even think they're aware that that's something that's actually you know, until we talk about it. Right. No, that's interesting you say that. I think that's a great point. A lot of people aren't aware of what might be stressing them out. And in social media, with the comparison factor subconsciously, when you're scrolling through, I I know that I'm guilty of it. Like I subconsciously compare myself to the pictures I'm seeing. And as a former athlete myself, I know that there's certain content of female athletes out there that I just feel is sometimes unrealistic. And then I start comparing myself to that. And so it's hard. And when you don't think that these athletes are aware of it, how do you get down to the bottom of it and say, like, this might be causing that stress? I think it's just, you know, having that conversation and looking at, because I don't think I ever really directly ask specifically about social media. Mm -hmm. I think when I hear things, it's for female athletes specifically, yeah, uh, they, I think, have a lot more of that uh, body image kind of Mm -hmm. connectedness to the social media piece, too, that maybe some of the male counterparts wouldn't. I don't know. Like, I know that the numbers are definitely lower for males, that's for sure. So so I I think when I start to hear that, when I start to hear about that social comparison piece, the body image stuff, and then them talking about 
maybe something they're seeing uh, on social media <laughs> or something they're comparing themselves to. That's kind of where I bring it in and, and talk about it at that point. I, I don't it's not necessarily something like I said that I specifically, you know, ask about unless those are some other issues that they're talking about. So the main stress that would come from social media, especially when talking about female athletes, you would say is body images. Is that what you're seeing? Well, I mean, specific to females, I would say, yeah, because I mean, yeah. I think a lot okay. of the other stuff we could say across all student athletes, you know, you've got your external pressures and your internal pressures with all that. But I would say specific to female athletes. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying no male athlete has that because I think male <laughs> athletes, I think male athletes have it. I think it's just their comparison is more about like this guy scored more points than I did. Like, yeah. No, I understand where you're coming from. And so when we're uncovering this and we're identifying the problem that may be causing some of these body images, what is your advice to that and and combating that and rethinking and rewiring those thoughts that are negative when people are using social media? The big thing with social media is when we talk about when you have anxiety and stress, like what can you control, right? That's like a big question I ask people. Like that is like one of the biggest things you can control, right? You don't have to be on social media. I mean, maybe you do to some degree. I think when you're a student athlete, there's that presence that's expected. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, in terms of what what you're looking at, how long you're on there, like there are definitely things that you can control there. That's what I do, right? I get I get people to kind of focus back on that, like maybe paying attention to the images that they're exposing mm-hmm. themselves to. If you follow a certain person and you're finding yourself having a negative reaction after you're viewing their stuff, then, you know, maybe you're not following that person anymore. And I'm not saying these are forever things. This is just something you maybe need to do right now. So I would say the content, right, choosing more positive content. And again, I'm not saying we live in a magical world where you don't have to focus on negative things, but it's more focused on that individual. Like if this thing's causing you distress, stop looking at it. Right. A good point. Hard. It's like we know we shouldn't look at it, but we still do. So it's just kind of put it into practice. But I I get what you're saying. I think that's a really good point that you bring. In your personal use, like if you're using social media, do you see theme that is on social media when it comes to female athletes and the representation? Do you see anything specifically that stands out to you? I would say, because I definitely follow female athletes. I I mean, I'm sure they're different than the other people. Female athletes, Mm -hmm. I think they're all specific to what we, our own interests are in. I think there's a it's depending on the age group. Isn't that interesting that I just really kind of just realized that as you said that. I think when you look at like older female athletes, you know, maybe some the CrossFitters, the Olympic lifters, of course, because those are some of the people I follow. I think they have the ability to allow themselves to be more real and mm-hmm. genuine and showing themselves looking certain ways that aren't necessarily flattering, we'll say compared to like the younger student athletes yeah. where I feeling like they have to look look a certain way or be a certain way or put a certain image out there. Now that you just asked me that, that's kind of what I see. Interesting. Yeah. That's a good connection. I honestly wouldn't have thought of that either. When we're saying these younger girls are maybe putting out content that's more planned or posed, as you said, what type of solutions or advice could we put out there to let them know that it doesn't have to be so structured when you're posting? think with your generation and only say that because I did this training and we talked about the generation that you're in and I think genuinely your generation want people to be more genuine 
You know, there's this notion mm-hmm. of like, we, we want to talk about the real stuff. We want mm-hmm. our peers to be more genuine. And I think that, that there's that push for that for everyone else. But I think for our own selves or for your own selves, I think there's still that pressure mm-hmm. to look or be a certain way in order to be accepted. And I, I think the more the younger female athletes are able to gain more confidence and to get more in touch with themselves and to be able to be more real in a social media arena, I think then that will, of course, permeate it'll become a thing then that I think other female athletes will. Yeah, sure. Do you think it's possible though? I mean, I think you're right. We do talk about wanting more genuine content, being more real, being more open, but then when it comes to your own self, we're a little bit harder on ourselves. So do you think it's possible for that shift to happen? I mean, I think just like with anything, it's going to take somebody, some people, some (laughs) university, whatever, some group of young women, young student women that are like willing to kind of go out there and risk (laughs) themselves in that way and getting that positive feedback than for other female athletes to feel comfortable doing it. I would hope, uh, you know, over time that that would be something that would shift because I think that would be really healthy. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we've spent a a little bit of time talking about the negatives of social media, but a lot of the findings have been not contradictory of each other, but there's been both sides. I think social media can be a tool. And I also think that it can be detrimental depending on how you use it. So let's talk about how you would say social media is a tool, especially when we can use it as advocation for these female athletes to be more genuine. You hit the nail on the head. I think it's about being able to use it in a positive way. You know, we talk about even just mental health and breaking that stigma and for people to feel more comfortable talking about Again, open enough. I don't want to say like that we need to divulge all of our deepest, darkest secrets mm-hmm. on social media. I don't think that's healthy either. But being able to share enough that people feel, again, it's okay. It's okay to talk yeah. about it. It's okay to put this information out there that then kind of breaks the stigma. Because you're right. Social media is a great forum. It's a great, great way to stay connected. It's a great way to put brand out there. It, it can be a really positive thing. It's just unfortunately, especially people who have any kind of mental illness or any kind of low self-esteem or anything along those lines, it's just unfortunately a thing that can be used to kind of tear somebody apart too. Right. Yeah, that is the downside of it. So you said, I'm kind of going back to what you said at the beginning of our conversation that you were doing a coaches leadership convention where you're speaking with the coaches. Is social media a topic that you guys discuss with coaches? Is that something that coaches have been educated on talking to their players? Because it is, like you said, with NIL, something that's more prominent within athletes' daily lives, especially I know a lot of athletes want to do like day in the lives, which involve social media at practice. Are these conversations that coaches are having or being educated on? No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, I don't know in terms of the legality and the logistical part of all of that in terms of on the, that side of it, it, they might be. But in terms of managing student athletes, mental health, in terms of their exposure to social media, yeah, no. Because again, it can be detrimental, right? So now you've got this page, you've exposed yourself mm-hmm. and you had a bad game last night, right? And so mm-hmm. now you've created a forum for everyone to tell you how crappy they think you are as a player. Right. And, and then to have to process that, right, by yourself, because I don't know mm-hmm. who's helping them process that or who's helping them manage that. I don't know. Maybe you know, but I don't think anybody is. No, I don't know. But I think there needs to be somebody. So what steps could be taken to where there are people that are there to talk to when these athletes are facing the content they're seeing on social media? I think inevitably it starts with this education piece, right? So mm-hmm. to kind of educating student athletes about, and, and not that, that they don't know that that's going to happen because I think everyone mm-hmm. knows, but it's yeah, one thing sure. is knowing it's going to happen and actually having to physically deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a whole separate thing. But I think it's the education. I think that it starts 
with that and helping them to understand how to handle it, how to manage it and being more preventive as opposed to kind of having to be more interventive when it's actually happening now. What do we do? So I think there's that piece. Obviously, if somebody is greatly distressed by all of it, then please feel free to you know reach out and get an appointment through our counseling services so that they can address whatever underlying issues are that significant for them that they can't process on their own. But I do. I think it's just as easy as preventing mm-hmm. that by being able to have conversations and say, like, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle this when sure. this happens? Because it's going to happen. Exactly. So when you're talking about prevention, do you feel that social media has been too intertwined with sports at this moment? And do you think that maybe if it were not as heightened as it were right now, that it would be easily prevented? I mean, again, we can go back to the olden days where we didn't have social media. <laughs> right. And I would say, sure, yeah. you know, obviously it was a lot easier to manage all that. I don't think you could separate the two out anymore. I don't think that's even a thing. Mm-hmm. I think moving forward, I think a lot of it's just going to need to be education because a lot of it is new. And I think it's just being able to know what possibly to expect and then ways and handling that appropriately. And then, like I said, if it gets to be too big for whoever, then it's knowing who you can reach out to for support. Yeah, that's important. And to your point of social media and not going anywhere, what advice do you have to these female athletes and just athletes in general that are struggling with the stressors of social media since it isn't going anywhere? What would you say to them? Well, I would say turn your notifications off, right? Like you don't need to, <laughs> you don't need to know every five minutes that so-and-so liked your photo or someone made a comment. I think like that is just so interruptive in your day-to-day life. It doesn't allow you to be present. So I think that's a good place to start. You can go on there when you, when you are in a headspace to go on there. You know, you don't have to be a, a slave to it. So I think that's a good spot. I think again, paying attention to your content of the things that you are looking at because you can't, you can control that. You can't necessarily control how people react to your content, of course. Mm-hmm. And then again, the time, the amount of time you're spending on there. I think if you're feeling yourself getting distressed, it's being able to recognize those feelings understanding what's happening and then being able to do something about that, right? As opposed to just continuing to allow yourself go down that rabbit hole of despair, essentially. Yeah. I mean, we're in charge of our emotions. So that's great advice that you're giving because we do have control over what we're allowing ourselves to see. And that's hard. It's easier said than done. It's not always the easiest to just get off your phone, especially when you have become so sucked into it. But I think that you offer a lot of useful advice and I think uh, a good point to bring to the table. So with that, is there anything else you want to add? I think this is a great topic. It's interesting how, I don't know if it's because you reached out to me, but over the past (laughs) couple of weeks, I've had this kind of come in my face a little bit more. Ironically, I was watching Ted Lasso last night and he had an episode where the soccer team was being very much negatively impacted by social media saying that they were going to be the last team in place and having to manage that. So it's amazing how we talk about student athletes and it just permeated through the whole sport industry Mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah, Again, getting somebody out there to be able to educate everybody on how this all works and how to manage all of it. I think that's going to be key moving forward. Yeah, definitely. I think education is a great place to start. So moving forward, that's just what we can do. We can educate and we can make sure that we're holding up our end of the responsibility and making sure athletes know that they have someone to talk to if they need it or knowing how to handle it. And I think that that would make all of the difference. Yeah, it's definitely new terrain, right? As we move forward, I can only yeah. imagine what the next thing is going to be. Yeah, I think getting getting a better grip of it. And, and, I, and I think education on anything, right? Anytime you are aware yeah. and understand something, you can be better equipped to deal than you are if you don't. Yeah, definitely. Well, I have enjoyed this conversation and I appreciate all your great input and what you've had to offer. It's been really nice talking to you and getting to learn a little bit more about the mental health side of athletes and how social media might impact that. So thank you again. And with that, I'll let you go. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. 
Join me next week for my final episode of Sideline Talk, where I speak with Amy Dinsevich, a 1999 Kent State softball alumni, to hear her perspective of social media as someone who did not have it at the time of competing.